Hey there, this is Pam Perry. Right after this, we're going to have a guest today that is an amazing speaker. Amazing speaker. Her talk went from TEDx to the TED platform, if that tells you anything about how good she is, right? Because not everybody goes to the TED platform. So right after this, we'll bring up Nikichi Taifa. Hey there. So, like I promised you, here is Nikichi Taifa. Yay! <laughs> hey, Dr. Pam. Hey there. So, you know, I'm excited about this because one, you're going to be the cover of Speakers Magazine uh, in February, which is so apropos. One, you have a new book coming out. And the other thing is that Black history is something that you know a little bit of something about, right? Uh, and it was like, I knew that I wanted you in the in the issue, but when when uh, Sierra, our writer, started interviewing you, it was like there's so much to her. I said, yeah. I said she is like the epitome of uh, someone who is on purpose, on mission, and has been their entire life. Uh, this particular book, this is your first book. This is a memoir, thick book, right? It is so so good and. One of the things that I was reading about you when uh, you were in high school, like your parents sent you to this uh, little Catholic school. All white girls Catholic school in Maryland, in the suburbs. <laughs> and I was just cracking up of some of the things that happened to you. And even then you were like, uh, just really had a transformational experience um, in junior high and was really like, I'm going to be the black power girl. Now, this was in the 70s. You know, everybody was singing James Brown, I'm black and I'm proud and all that. But you like really like it to this point, like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. And you just had a, a, a an awakening. You know, people say you were woke. You were woke way back then. So kind of tell us the genesis of uh, Nikichi. If you can even remind some of the people that knew you before you change your name and why that was important for you to do that at, what was it, 16 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, 16 years old. Now, you know, most folk, when they hear my name, I have to remind them, y'all know my mama did not name me Nikichi Taifa back in the 50s when I was born. <laughs> that was not the style of the trend back then. No, my name was Anita uh, Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 16 uh, years old, I adopted an African name. I went in an African bookstore and picked out a African names book. And I saw this name. It looked to me, Nakichi. It wasn't right. until years, years later that I found out there was the wrong pronunciation. It should have been Nkechi. But right. again, I said our tongues were colonized. I didn't uh, know. Mm-hmm. But in junior high school, actually, Dr. Pam, there was this poster on the bulletin board of my black studies class. This was when black studies was first coming into the classroom. It's like we've come first full circle. Now they're trying to take black studies out of the classroom now and banning books. But there was this post of this black man with a black beret on his head with a a rifle in one hand and a spear in the other sitting in a grand slam wicker chair. And he was Huey Newton of the Black Panther Party. And all of the teenage girls were talking about how fine this brother was. But I was asking the teacher, 
well, why is he in jail? And I was saying, why is the head of the Black Panther Party being represented by white lawyers? I'm asking, where are the black lawyers to represent black people? Right. And I knew then I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to do something about justice for our black people. And I wanted to keep our history out there and keep it alive. So that was at a very young age, Dr. That is, that's like a calling. That really is because that spoke to you. You just, it just leaked out into you. Uh, a lot of the things that um, reading from the book, you know, were very pivotal. And um, you went on to Howard and then went to George Washington Law School. And then one of the things you really wanted to do was to be a public defender. So kind of tell us a little bit about uh, how you felt when you went and applied and then and then you had another pivot but then we'll talk about that next pivot yeah so i wanted to represent the people right? right and so i went and applied and i was just devastated because i did not get the job this is what i was called to do and all like that but it's like you know you think about the reasons why things happen and i thought mm -hmm. well if I had gotten that job, I might not have applied for another job, which right. led to something else, which led to something else. And it, it was like dots being connected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a result of that door being closed. I didn't just stop with that door being closed. I decided, well, there are other doors I can go through. And it has really been an upward trajectory uh, to my career by not getting that job. And I ended up still representing Black folk and from you being in the court and all those things. I just didn't do it from that particular perch. Right. But you had like that, 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 that fire in you to do that. So one of the things when you were working at the ACLU, because that's where you actually were, and then you were actually working on the National Prison Project, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And then you met a, a mentor while you were there and pronounce her name because I, you, I want you to tell us a little bit about her. Yes, Ajua, Ajua, yeah, that's her picture. Ajua Ayatoro uh, was my mentor at the National Prison Project of the ACLU uh, Foundation. We worked on many different cases together. But one of the things that was pivotal to me about um, Ajua is that she was interested in something that had been a passion of mine since I was a teenager. And that was the issue of reparations. Okay. Right, right. All right. these things relate back to me being a teenager. Being right. a teenager, 16 years old again, helping to sell Black Panther Party newspapers on the streets of Washington, D.C. I wasn't a Panther. I was just doing community helping the cause. Right. Mm -hmm. helping, helping the cause. Helping the cause. So she ended up being like a mentor you in all the things. Um, yes. She was, um, you, you know, one of the things that, that uh, you talk about her, that she was in a fire, that she um, was uh, actually burned, was burned. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of her body just by you know, making tea one day or something yes, like that and, yes. and and that sort of thing but the fact that you all were um she really introduced you to the revolutionary the revolutionary world of national um black nationalism no 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 the other way around she oh. introduced me to the law the legal aspects and i introduced her to the revolutionary black national so it was like a coming together of the Black legal world with the National Conference of Black Lawyers that Audra was part of, and me being part of the Black Revolutionary Black Nationalist world. Oh. And that is really what led to all of the momentum that we see today on the issue of reparations. 
Wow. That is, I did not realize that. So I thought it was like she was, but no, it was just like a connection between. I had other mentors who uh, introduced me at an early age to the black nationalism and and all that. But um, yeah. So, so for those of you all, so we just kind of jump off and started talking about a speaker's magazine and your books and all of that. But uh, she has been on the front line of doing the work that she's been doing uh, for just black people. I mean, she's known for the reparations things, but then also to um, prison reform uh, issues yeah. and things like that. I mean, there are a lot of issues. So, like I said, she um, has been uh, to Howard, went to Georgetown, worked for many years. Now the Taifa. Went to G- GW, not Georgetown. Oh, GW. Okay. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. Right. I'm from D.C. And every time I say George, I'm going to say town. Right. It's George Washington University. Uh, So so that's one of the things. But the main thing is that when you read her memoir, you'll see that um, one of the that I just watched something you were on C-SPAN the other day. I think I sent it to Sierra and you were and I was so proud of you. And I had seen it before, but I was like, she is on the panel with Malcolm X's daughter. Yeah. And Marcus da- Marcus Garvey's son. Um, yeah. I said, and here you are, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, this is so apropos. So fast forward, doing the work um, in the trenches, you know, a lot of the things we read about in Speakers Magazine, because we're going to have that out next in next month and you'll be able to go here and read it. But tell us about the TED Talk that you did. Did you know that you went to the TED platform, right? You know you're at the TED platform. This is the first I'm hearing of it. You mentioning that on the show. Yeah. I had no idea. You're on TED.com. And that only happens when you have so many views. Oh, wow. So you can do the TEDx talk. And yeah. then if you have so many views, then you move to the TED.com. Well, let me just say something first. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Pam. Because if it were not for you, I would never even have applied for the tech talk, for the TEDx talk. So my hat, go, my oh. hair, use red hair wrap, my hair wrap goes off to you, my sister. Oh. You opened that door for me. Well, that was that was only a natural. I saw it in you when we first talked, and I said, You need to be out there. And I was like, from uh CNN to wherever, to Speakers Magazine, I said, you need to have your message out. And this was before, this was before George Floyd. I think we met in 2019 or was it right a little bit before George Floyd? Uh, actually, it was before, I, it, I, it was somewhere around that time. Right. And it then long before COVID, I know that. Right, right. And then and then at, at a certain point in time, it was like, okay, we really need to turn up the fire yes. right and then reparations became like a really a big big thing yeah because it wasn't that when we first no, connected no, I mean. no. <laughs> and 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 it was just all timing but i saw it in you i was like listen i said you've been in people magazine and you have been in essence and this and that and you've mentored so many different people i was like we need to get so when you when the ted talk opportunity came around and it was in your city and i said yes. you need to do this and so now i'm looking at this on ted.com so that's not just in the the, the the u.s street women but it's everywhere so that's why i'm saying congratulations to you but i didn't know you knew that i thought i told you that oh my god i, I might have missed it but thank you <laughs> so you heard about it with me now we've heard about it together so yeah, so if you put in her name, you'll it'll pop up on the on both sides. It'll it's still on U.S. Street Women, but it's on the other one as well. So 
the the thing you just finished your radio show and tell yes. us a little bit about what yes. the radio show is too because yes. that's a whole nother thing yeah i i host a radio show on pacific radio called human rights and justice and we just entered our second season we're on our 21st uh episode uh of the show and i've i've had loads of people that I've interviewed on it. Uh, it's on podcast as well. It's on my YouTube uh, channel and it's called Human Rights and Justice. I love that. I love that. So you are you are keeping it going, keeping it relevant. And, and so it led to, I mean, after this book, there's another book, right? Yeah. There is. So talk about the book that we have now that is the Reparations on Fire. Yes, Reparations yes. on Fire actually just came out, and but really with the um, uh, well, I know you're going to talk about the February issue of Speakers Magazine, but February Black History Month is going to really be my official big launch of Reparations yes. on Fire, how and why it's spreading across uh, America, and yes. you know it is spreading across uh, America, and it's at the federal level, it's at the state level, it's at the local mm -hmm. level, universities. And mm -hmm. academic institutions are looking at the issue. Religious and faith institutions are looking at the issue. Corporations and industries, private estates. I mean, it is on fire. And yeah. fire can either destroy or it can heal. And yeah. I'm hoping that with all of the momentum that is happening, that it will be that healing force that we need so, so very much in this country. And I think mm -hmm. it will... Um, actually depend upon how this country responds to yes. this momentum as to what the outcome will be. And one of the things when we first talked, we were talking about um, the book. This is the one that's on Amazon right now that you can get. And you get the other one as well, but Black Power, Black Lawyer. But one of the things we talked about reparations is how every nationality has had some type of reparations from Hawaiians, right? They had reparations, uh, the Japanese, they had reparations. And then we were talking about their other nationalities, but African Americans have never had that. Right. And one of the things they said, well, you don't really need it because you have affirmative action. Well, affirmative <laughs> action is not reparations. And then matter of fact, that's like rolling back. So the the whole discussion around that, you know, you've been in front of Congress talking about it. You've been on C-SPAN talking about it. You've been on different radio shows. So explain to people who are really unfamiliar with the whole movement of reparations in a nutshell, what that really means and what it would mean for African-Americans and what it really means for the healing part that you talk about as well. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Pam. And I really invite people to look at the TED Talk because I do um, talk about it there and summarize um, the momentum that's going on in smirch with some of my personal story and personal issue. But in essence, it is an issue whose time has come. It didn't just drop from the sky with ta Coates' um, great article in The Atlantic, which he interviewed me for. I'm in his uh, article. It, it didn't just start with Hannah Nicole Jones and um, all the, the attention that she gave in the um, New York Times uh, to the uh, issue. It's been an issue of longstanding, but it's only been now that I can really say that I'm proud to be in the company of some of the leading um, theorists and economists and uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, academics, politicians talking about the need to and the right for uh, repertory justice. It's nothing that is outlandish. I mean, reparations were in fact paid at the end of the enslavement era. They just weren't paid to black folk. Mm 
They were paid to the former ah. white slaveholders mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the loss of us, their so-called property. So there are precedents all throughout history, and you just named uh, some of them. And be just because the debt has not been paid does not mean it's not due. Now, we're not just talking about money. I mean, I, as a lawyer, I would say, you know, there's always an uh, economic aspect uh, to any type of repair or but healing can take many different forms yes money could be and should be a part of it but you have monuments and museums you have correct textbooks you have um land you have repatriation resources you have policies and public policies that need to relate back and correct some of the harms from the uh, past and you know we, you know we the harms i always say were multifaceted they were the remedies can be multifaceted as well. So. I like that. The remedies can be multifaceted, which which really talks about too. You have the children's books. So well, yeah. a little bit about that because it's like it's not just her nonfiction books, which she does, but she also wrote some children's books. So explain the children's books because some of these books were banned. Yeah, they were. They, these are my Critical children's race. books. <laughs> yeah, yes. Shining Legacy, um, Story Forms and Tales for the Young to Black Heroes Forever Will Be Sung, The Adventures of Kojo and Ama, I and like Three Tales of Wisdom. Now, these books were written a very long time ago. I, I used to be a teacher before I was a lawyer. I was a first grade teacher and was called an independent black school. And I wrote these because they didn't have books for children. They were not it's not like what you see in bookstores today where you see all these aisles with beautiful yeah. black books. They didn't have that back then in Target the 70s, got, 80s. Target got black books now. They got a right. <laughs> I can assure you they didn't have that back then. So I wrote um, these books. And then two years ago when I found out that they were on the banned book list of the Central New York School District, I was flabbergasted. The books were no longer even in print, Dr. Pam. So I said, look, I'm going to put my books back out in print. If they're going to ban my books, they going to, I'm going to put them back out. So I republished them um, last year, and uh, they're back, back out in circulation on Amazon and on AALBC, African American mm -hmm. Book Club, because I always encourage people to do what I call buy black. Yes, yes. And that Troy, shout out to Troy Johnson. He yes. has had that site probably about 20 years. It was like basically like a Amazon for if you're looking for primarily black books. And that was what he's been doing. He's been steady at it. He's been doing it forever. Uh, love Troy. And so the books basically are to encourage um, black kids to feel proud about their history. Yes. What they, where they've oh, come sure. from. Yeah, their culture and all of that. So that's why it was just surprising that it was banned. Yeah. Well, and along with other great books. books that you never would believe, book about Rosa Parks. I mean, you just it's just, <laughs> it's just astounding what's going on in this country. And it's really kind of scary, Dr. Pam. It is. And we really need it's to be rolling back in front of all that. Yeah, it's like a rollback. Yeah. And so this picture right here, um, I don't know if you all can see it. It's on the podcast too, but it is actually years old. when she was 20 years old, but that, but the, the, the people in here, and, yeah. and this is really like, I love this. I told you, I said, I love this cover. It has uh, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, Marcus Garvey. Um, yeah. There is, I think it's there's many others. So you may not know the name. Of course, there's Rosa Parks. There's Angela, right. there's um, Sada Shakur, there's Chokwe Lamumba, there's Queen Mother Moore. Some of these names you may not know. Geronimo Pratt. 
uh, Imari Obadeli, but all of these names are, are uh, people that are in the book. And I talk mm -hmm. about some of these movements because see, fam, I was part of many different movements. It was like the Black Studies movement. It was the anti-apartheid movement. It was the mm -hmm. movement to free political prisoners. It was the independent Black schools movement, the reparations movement, the movement against mass incarceration. All of mm -hmm. that is subsumed within Black Power, Black Lawyer, my audacious quest for justice. I love this. And this is one of the things, too. I remember um, you're on PBS as well. That was one of the shows as well. And you're on the Chavis Chronicles. Oh, yeah. And, and so oh, Dr. Yeah. Chavis was one of the people that um, a lot of people don't really know the history of Dr. Chavis and how he was always in the forefront. But you said you I think you were in college at the time yeah. and you were you were passing out some literature and things like yeah. that that had to do with um, freeing him from prison. Yes, I worked on his well, I didn't work on his case. I was part of the the uh, the college support group, I guess you could say, um, for the the. National Committee to Free the Wilmington 10. He was part of the Wilmington 10. We took the bus, we chartered the bus, went down to Wilmington, uh, uh, North Carolina for a big rally. I, um, Yeah, so I that was, yeah, college days. That, that is like full circle moment. So when you're sitting up there on PBS with Dr. Chavis, even though, you know, it's like, wow, this is like full circle moment. And so talk to people a little bit. Um, Speakers Magazine, we promote, African-American speakers, I'm unapologetic about that. Always, you know, wanting to have um, people understand, like, why. And and the main thing is that for people like you to have the voices to be uplifted on the platform, because there's so many disparities from political disparities to health disparities, all kind of economic disparities. But in order for things to really bridge, we need voices like you and people who are on the front line. So kind of explain to people a little bit about your brand, I guess you would say, of why it's important to stay focused and um, be, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I just want to be on stage. I want to be on a TED Talk. But it's not because you're going to be on a TED Talk just so you can be famous. It's like it has to do with a mission and an idea or something that grabs you from a passion from early on and it just kind of guides you through life. So tell us about your brand and where it is now and where it's going, where you see it going next. Okay, so my brand is all about what I call justice. Okay, I consider myself a visionary uh, thought leader and expert on issues dealing with race and justice. But in essence, it's about really believing in what you do. That's where you get success, the passion and the belief, the strong belief with all your heart and all your soul through good times and through bad times, through the ups and downs, when you're laughed at, when you're taking seriously, let me tell you, I've been laughed out. You talk about talk right. people talking about reparations like 40 years ago. You know, it was the the butt of, of jokes. But um, it's it is that faith, okay, in a cause. It, it, I, I I liken it to um, today being able to sit under the shade of trees, whose plants I helped to seed. I guess you could say back in the mm -hmm. day. And that's what gives me that uh, satisfaction. You don't see the results decades earlier, okay? Yeah. But you're helping to plant those seeds so that the results can 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 flourish and and can be nourished and and can um, sprout up. And so that's what's happening now. Oh my God! And so the next thing, I just see you speaking more. 
uh, doing your own radio show, own TV show, because it's a radio and TV show, right? Because it's broadcast on YouTube. And then also, too, just really um, creating more, I guess you would say, awareness and then pulling other people along as, as you're mentoring them as well. Uh, that's like one of the key things besides making sure that we probably will see reparations and it, we do see them in some cities in some form like Chicago and things like that. But you will we'll probably see more like that. I know Detroit, where I'm from, there's a reparations task committee. There is, uh, yes. Keith Williams is on, on, on part of that. And so every city will have its own different form. But I see people always coming to you to ask, like, what do you think? What does Nakichi think? You know, it's just like, what does she think? And and so where have you been, I guess you would say, that has surprised you recently? Because you've always been on the forefront, but where have been certain things where you has been surprising? Like they've been called to ask me to speak or I'm going here and that sort of thing. Or even just hired you as a consultant. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm kind of like I've been like an advisor, I guess, to governments, <laughs> to, to not only the federal government, because I've been working on the federal bill from day one, uh, but states, um, I testified before the California Reparations uh, Task Force. Uh, yeah. I've been working with the New York, um, uh, their New York, New York State is about to um, uh, reintroduce their reparations bill, which is slated to pass. I've been talking to folks in the state of New Jersey, but also on the local level. I've worked very closely with um, Council uh, Alderman Robin Ruth Simmons, who championed the Evanston, Illinois uh, reparations mm -hmm. bill through its fruition. This is history in the making right now as we um, uh, as we speak. And I'm on the international sphere uh, as well, you know, working uh, internationally on the issue because this is an issue that is impacts Africans all over the diaspora. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is so good. Caribbean as well. So it's not. Oh, just that's, yeah, that's part of the diaspora. Yeah. In fact, a lot of our inspiration has come from the Caribbean, CARICOM, the Community of Caribbean Nations, and their 10 point a program to uh, their um, European colonizers. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. So do you see yourself doing, um, you've always been like a part of a movement, part of a team. Do you see yourself doing your own conference or what's what's in the Oh, yes. Well, well, actually, I started my own nonprofit last year called the Reparation Education Project. I mean, I have been a part of the uh, founding several of the legacy reparation organizations that have been around uh, for for years, um, but I started my own nonprofit reparation education project um, with website uh, and the like to seek to put a structure to me. <laughs> I guess you could say out there giving you know advice and consulting and the like, and I felt I needed my own organizational uh, structure. So Nikichi Taifa. Dot com is my overall uh, website with what I call the Nikichi Taifa experience. Anything that you're looking about for me is there. All of my books are there. Mm -hmm. Information dealing with my speaking engagements are there. There's a the link to my reparation education project website mm -hmm. is there. Uh, so that's Nikichi Taifa.com is what I call the Nikichi Taifa experience. Also has human rights and justice, um, uh, uh, you know, episodes on there uh, as well. Mm -hmm. education project that's my baby right now that's it that's, that's it that's, baby, what, I that's what i was like i was like let's kind of roll into where we're going next because yeah. that is it because people want to know how they can help and that's where we're really pointing people to because that is like the the legacy i guess you would say that you're going to really yeah. like have people 
give to and it's going to grow and and all sorts of things so yeah so that's good and 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 if people want to find out more about you they can go to nakichitaifa.com speakers mm-hmm. magazine she's been in there a couple of times but the month of february she's actually our cover girl i uh, can't wait to reveal that it's like it's it's fire it is really fire i just love that cover and it's just really right it's the right time it is just the right time so i just thank you so much for joining us today because this has been really 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 good um black power black lawyer and then also the other book reparations on fire which is behind there it is there it is there our reparations on fire that one as well so i'm going to look forward to getting that one and then we'll have another interview to talk about that one after i read that one okay okay dr pam thank you for all that you do you have really been the catalyst behind the surge that I have been experiencing in the past uh, several years. So thank you. Oh, Ma, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm just like, I see more coming for you. So it's just, just get ready. Just get ready. That's what I say. Everybody got to get ready because it's going to be coming. It, 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 she's going to be over over in the motherland, in the Caribbean, uh, definitely taking over in the United States, doing her project work, doing the work with her, her foundation and her nonprofit. So make sure that you kind of, you know, go look at that TED Talk. That's on TED.com, right? It's on, yeah, that. It's on my website as well. The ah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All righty. Well, thank you so much for, for being part of Speakers Magazine show. And I'm Pam Perry and I'm out.